Welcome into the Pokes Report Podcast. Zach Lancaster here, coming to you not so live from my house. It's a, a different location than what we're used to. We usually record uh, the Triple Play Studios downtown Stillwater, but we said, what the hey, Marshall's back in Texas. No sense in making him drive up from Texas to record a podcast, so we're doing it remotely. Marshall uh, is back home for, what, a week or two? Yeah, not too long. I'll be back soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how how has your your summer been? Obviously, we've. Uh, I, I would imagine that there's not so much downtime for you. We've we've gone from camp season to official visit season to to now commitment season, and and so you you've been running and gunning. Yeah, I mean it's not uh it's it's down. I would say it's downtime from school, but I also have a summer class. So oh okay. Um, okay been been dealing with that lately and um but the the recruiting side of things and covering that that's not as much of work because i enjoy it so i'm okay with going to camps and hell yeah dealing with uh handling some some commitment pieces and stuff like that so uh that part i am perfectly fine with i will say um before you came along that was um, I, I really enjoyed, really enjoyed going to camps that, that was, and, and not that I can't do it now. Um, but we don't really need three people at a camp. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed going to, uh, to the, the on-campus camps and obviously the, um, the show camp, you know, you got the, the elite quarterbacks, receivers, defensive backs. That was always a, a lot of fun, um, the down and dirty camp or, or the the open team camp, those were a lot of fun because you just get a bunch of random guys that that you weren't really planning on seeing. So those were a lot of fun. So I, I envy you in that, but I don't envy you in the fact that you're outside and it's 100 degrees and it's just miserable. You're there for like four or five hours. Blech. Yeah, the, the first few hours or the first few days of it, because it felt like Stillwater switched from like, comfortable Ugh. weather in a sense to Ugh. then just like a hundred and one in about overnight about a, a, yeah pretty much overnight. it was like, it was really quick and i remember i just walked outside one of those days and i like couldn't breathe just because mm-hmm. it was so hot and the first couple of days it was like man this is brutal now i walk outside and luckily i'm in dallas i'm in i'm in Louisville right now it's 77 with a breeze i was gonna say so, dude it was it was upper 60s lower 70s all day with rain up here yeah, so not, definitely, definitely not hot right now, but um, now I'm to the point where my body's used to it again, and it'll go from like 101 heat index one day to like 94 heat index the next day, and I'm like, oh dang, this is nice. Like we're, we <laughs> bust out some the, good weather, bust out the hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, my body's used to it now, so I, I don't mind standing outside for Did a it, few hours. I will say it's going to be weird. Um, We've got Big 12 Media Days coming up in about three, three weeks, three, three and a half weeks. Um, obviously, we weren't in Dallas last year due to the pandemic. I, I don't know if I'm prepared, right? I mean, Dallas heat is so much different than Oklahoma heat, and I, I don't know if I'm prepared to to go out on the town. You know, like, not, so we would, it's always me and Robert. Obviously, it'll be different because you'll be there with us this year. I would think you're there. Um, yep. And so it's always, you know, you, you, you bust your ass all day. You're in the, you're in the indoor, you're either at the star or you're at Jerry's world. And then it's a little warm cause it's, you know, you're, you're kind of humping it all day. You're running around 
and you, you, you bust out all your stories and then you go to the hotel and you take a shower and it's nice and cold. You got the air sound like 65, you know, and you're like, okay, it's seven, seven thirty. Let's go to dinner. And you step outside at seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. And it's like a hundred degrees. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? You're sweating before you even get to the car, man. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not ready for that. I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. I mean, it'll be like July, the exact middle of July. So it'll probably be in like the hottest part of the summer that you're going to be here. Mm-hmm. So, and while it is only like three and a half, four hours away from Stillwater. Oh, it's different. It's, there, there still is a considerable difference in how it feels. Yeah, it's like the, I'm, it's, used, to, it's I'm the, used to it at this point. It's the difference between being on Earth and being on the surface, the sun side surface of Mercury. That's the four-hour difference between Oklahoma and Dallas. That's pretty specific. Oklahoma's Earth, and Dallas is the sun side of Mercury. Gotcha. <laughs> it sucks. Oh man. Uh, no, we've got a lot to talk about, though. You know, we've uh, we we neglect. Oh, I did. I neglected. I had a busy week and 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 just didn't do anything last week. I I took some time off. Um, but it's been a while since we put out a pod. A lot has happened. We've had a lot go on. Obviously, Oklahoma State picked up a commitment last night, Jaleel Johnson. Um, but we've had multiple official on uh, on campus official visits. Uh, we've had multiple interviews that Marshall has conducted. We have a timeline. Uh, this and this is what's if you're sitting there and you you've got your debit card out and you're thinking, what makes a Pokes report uh, a Pokes report subscription worth it? Well. The article Marshall put out, uh, not yesterday, but the day before, or was it yesterday? Uh, yesterday morning. Yesterday morning, a commitment timeline. So Marshall took it upon himself to talk to some of Oklahoma State football's top 2022 targets. And when I say top, it's some of the best targets that Oklahoma State's going after. And we have a commitment timeline. If you want to know when to expect, uh, say, Brennan Thompson commitment to any school, we've got it. It's on pokesreport.com. That's what makes a Pokes Report, uh, uh, good Lord, I'm losing it, uh, subscription worth it. And there's plenty of other stuff, too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we churn out some of the best Oklahoma State content out there. But that right there is what makes that $9.99 monthly absolutely worth it because you're going to get little nuggets like that uh, virtually every single week. It's, It's super great. But Marshall, I digress. Uh, I'll let you, since you had an exclusive interview with Jalil, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you take it off from here with uh, the commitment of Jalil Johnson. Yeah. I mean, this was one that, um, was kind of very predictable and fast. Um, yeah, and it was definitely fast. And that was one of the reasons it was, it was predictable because it was going to happen fast and everything. And he was on campus for the down and dirty, uh, lineman camp and um got his offer right after the camp was over and i mean we talked to him then and he said that oklahoma state was already in his top five and he had around a dozen offers and then a week later he schedules his official visit and he says that oklahoma state's already in his top two with memphis and at that point i was like yeah this is a done deal and before he even got on campus for that visit I was, I already put a prediction on him to land there. And he even told us after he committed yesterday that, uh, he was thinking about committing days before that visit even started. He told us, he was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm probably going to go to campus. I'm going to love it. And I'm probably going to commit while I'm there. And that's exactly what went down. So 
defensive lineman out of uh, Putnam City North, so he's a local kid, and that's something that Mike Gundy and the staff like to uh, stress as much as possible is recruiting mm-hmm. the state of Oklahoma whenever they can. And uh, he's 6'4", around 240 pounds right now. They said they hope to get him around like 270 or so by the time he's like ready college playing weight and everything. So he uh, he's definitely a guy to look forward to because he's one of those guys that's not really loved the whole lot in the recruiting process. He's got some offers, but it's schools like Memphis and he does have Missouri and everything, but it's some some relatively smaller schools. So uh, this is one of the their typical guys that not a whole lot of people know about, but he ends up becoming like a a high level producer. Um, and he's very very similar. And Robert talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Very, very very similar to Colin Oliver on the surface of things. Colin's probably a little bit faster, but Jaleel's a little bit stronger. So there's a little bit take and give there. But you look at them, they look very similar, and they have kind of similar play styles, and um, they will play a pretty pretty similar position between um, that that defensive line, kind of defensive end, more of being his his spot. Yeah, you know, and that's something I wanted to get into. Um, I, I mentioned it on my the, the afternoon sports drive on Triple Play Sports Radio. I think what's so important about about Johnson is the fact that he is, and and I don't want this to be taken, um, I don't want this to be taken wrong. Like I, I'm not, or or in a negative connotation, but but he is the typical diamond in the rough. You know, your Putnam City North um, is not the typical school uh, that's going to get recruited by big time programs. They they churn out solid prospects, but it's you know it's not your Bigsby. Or Edmonds, you know, like uh, Edmond Santa Fe, or your Jinx, or anything like that. It's a it's a solid program that puts out good good kids, but it's not heavily recruited. Like like you said, it, and and Jaleel Johnson, I think the most important aspect, you know, is the fact that he plays very similar to Colin Oliver. And two of my favorite high school prospects over the past four or five years that I've that I've really enjoyed watching have been Trace Ford and Colin Oliver. Very fast, very explosive off the edge. Uh, they're not going to get fooled too much by by hard counts uh, or or fakes around the end or anything like that. He's going to follow the ball, and that's what you want, you know. And you want a guy that's not going to give up on a play. If he if he gets beat, you know, he's not gonna he's not just going to stop. You see that a lot um, at, at the upper levels, and it's kind of trickled its way down uh, into the high school ranks. That if you have a guy that thinks he's all that, he gets beat. Chances are he's probably just going to trot around and wait for the end of the play, and then he's going to get back in and try on the next go. That's not what you're going to get from Jaleel Johnson. If you go through his tape and he gets beat on a play, he's going to stick with it, and chances are he's going to end up making a play or he's going to be at the ball when that play is made. Yeah, I mean, and, and me and Robert were talking about this yesterday because Robert went through about two of his games or so, and uh, two two games of film, and he basically said that same thing. And he was like, you know, he's very very disciplined. His mm-hmm. eyes are his his probably his best strength right now. Um, and I mean, like I said, he's six four, two forty, so he has good size and he has he has really good strength. He's he's pretty thick, so he can he can kind of make his uh make a path for himself he doesn't really need to um he 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 is good in the fact that he can go around you or or through you is what i'm trying to get at he doesn't need to kind of dodge the the tackle or whatever he can run through him 
And when he does that, sometimes he'll kind of just like sit there because he will diagnose the play is coming right to him. And he's not the kind of antsy guy that's going to try and go make a play, which now because he's a defensive lineman, a lot of running backs can outrun them or maybe kind of bounce them around or whatever. But because he's disciplined, he'll kind of just sit down and, and sink himself into the play and he'll just wait for that guy to come right, run in, run mm-hmm. right, right into him and bring him down. So he uh, very good at the run, run game, run defending. And as we saw in the, the down and dirty lineman camp, he can, he can get after the quarterback. So he was excited. I know the staff is excited and yeah, I mean, Oklahoma in the past few years has done a really good job of producing these defensive yeah, ends. Absolutely. Now, Trace Ford and Colin Oliver, like you said, came from Edmund Santa Fe, which is a little bit higher of a, on the pedestal of what people know and what people kind of expect from. But, I mean, he's he's in that same boat, of same kind of prospect and same guy that has a decent amount of offers, but Oklahoma State was kind of the one that they kind of always gravitated towards, and which is why he committed after 12 days of having his offer. So... He uh, is probably going to be the first of a healthy month of recruiting for Oklahoma State um, in terms of landing some commitments because there's a lot of them that are going to start popping pretty soon. Yeah, and that's and that's what I want to get into next because um, obviously we have that commitment timeline article up uh, on Pokes Report, and I don't want to get too deep into it because you don't want to give away all the secrets. Um, right. But, but who are some of those guys you're looking at? Because obviously um, there were several, several official visits uh, over the past three weeks, uh, a lot of big-time talent in Stillwater. Um, so who, who are some of those guys that and, – and you don't even need to give a prediction if you don't want to, uh, but who are some of those guys you expect to be announcing a commitment over the next three to four weeks? Well, there's a lot of them, and now, no, we don't know. There's a there's a few of them, and I won't say names, but you can check the article, and I kind of give some some descriptions. There's a few of them that, like, I 100, I won't say 100, 95% confidence that it'll be Oklahoma State when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a few that are maybe around that 60% range, maybe 70, and then there's a couple that is kind of like no one really knows because they've they're taking four or five official visits and they like them all and i mean this is where in recruiting really becomes like you have to the coaches have to put the the pedal to the metal and you can't let up because the first person that lets up is the first person that gets dropped out of that recruitment so some of these guys are the it's you have to grind these recruitments and i know the offensive line position is is probably going to be a big one or at least an important one for uh for this upcoming month of July and um, it could end up to where it's, they have almost all of the offensive linemen they want in this class, or it could end up being a situation where it's like, crap, we need to go find some more offensive linemen. So um, it's, it's one of those things where a lot of it, you don't really know and you don't know until it happens. And there's also some guys that because of the way recruiting works, you can't let your foot off the gas until they sign that piece of paper in December. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can definitely uh, feel what recruits are thinking about certain schools by what they're doing on social media or um, 
who they're visiting, how often they're visiting them. And I will say Oklahoma State is in a good situation with almost every single guy they've brought on official visits. So if they want to keep recruiting them, they uh, the, the recruit knows it. And that's a lot of things that we've heard from the recruits of like, yeah, I'm really feeling the love from Oklahoma State. And they, they, they really make it feel like a home and they're always talking to me and stuff like that. So if they can stay on that and the recruits – see it and believe it and everything i think the month of july you could legitimately see anywhere from four to eight commitments and that's and that's a pretty decent chance to fall somewhere in between those numbers well and i think what's important is if you go through the past you know five or six years um that's the way that that's the direction that oklahoma state has taken its recruiting you know there Mm -hmm. there there aren't too many spots left when you get into the fall season and and you start to approach uh, that December signing period, now obviously you'll have, you know, uh, three or four maybe guys um, that that Oklahoma State is trying or spots that Oklahoma State's trying to fill. Um, you know, you might see a JUCO or two come down to you know they're taking their visits in the fall. Um, but something that we've noted, and it's not really just Oklahoma State, but it's something that we've, that, you know, you see the trend over the past three to four years um, that most of your official visits are taking place uh, during that June to July recruiting period, and and maybe even a little earlier throughout the spring. But most coaches are wanting those spots filled uh, before we even get through halfway through summer. Yeah, I mean, a couple years ago the rule used to just be like official visits were in the fall mm-hmm. or like or late summer to early fall is when it like started. Um, now in a normal year, this year was a little bit different because of COVID official visits can start April 1st. So a lot of teams, a lot of schools, they, cause it's kind of a, it's, it's up to the school and it's up to the coaches and, you kind of have to see what the player would prefer because it's kind of a, a mind game of like, okay, do we want them early in the process on a visit or would we rather them take their official late in the process so they can kind of have a, a good taste in their mouth towards the end of the, the recruiting cycle. And a lot of schools seem to be like, no, we want them in early. We want them to be kind of look back on like, okay, who was the first school I really liked? And like, oh yeah, this this visit on this school was a really good one. So that's kind of the approach a lot of people are taking, a lot of schools are taking. And yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State, they really don't want to mess with trying to fill up 10 recruiting spots, like 10 spots in the fall. Yeah. They would rather only have to deal with like three to five. Well, and I think, and I think what, what that is, is the fact that you have, uh, you have other schools that are that are doing the exact same thing. You know, you you have schools like your Texas's and Alabama's and Auburn's, Clemson, you know, OU's and stuff like that. That's that their official visits are are taking place, you know, mid to late spring, early summer, not much past that. And so when you get to, you know, you get to that December signing period and all of a sudden you're left with, you know, like you said, anywhere between 5 and 10 spots. I mean, no offense to these kids, but but they're not necessarily the they're they're the first choice, you know. You, you're you're going after kids that uh, slip through the wayside, and and you know they're just you're you're taking kids simply to fill spots. Um, now I think what could 
well, what obviously is going to affect that is is the new transfer rule. You know, I, I think I, I don't know if you'll see, um, I don't know how much you'll see schools simply focusing on transfers because obviously, you know, like, like Lincoln Riley, that's that was one of his sentiments uh, earlier this month was, well, I, I think you're going to see schools mainly focusing on college kids. Well, where do those college kids come from? <laughs> they come from high school. So obviously you're still going to recruit high school kids. But I, I will say that over the next three to four years, I think you will see a greater emphasis put on the transfer market rather than, you know, initially going after the transfer market rather than going after those high school kids because you're getting kids that are already acclimated to college and, and the workload uh, and that have experience and that are talented. Yeah, and it's kind of like you mentioned, when you get to that end of that process, there's it's kind of like slim pickings. Um, it's either like the elite elite prospects that are kind of waiting until the end because they have so many schools after them that they take a while to figure it out. Or it's the guys that like no one's really talked to or not a whole lot of people are going after that you have to settle for. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we obviously know where most of these like insane elite prospects are ending up. They end up at like the same five schools every year. So, um, for Oklahoma State, it is smart to lock these kids up early and to make sure that they're um, committed and that they take their visits. And, I mean, for a lot of the commits, they don't even take other visits at all. So that's another thing is they like kids to be committed early because then they won't take any other visits and they have no reason to be interested in anywhere else to begin with. Well, they so, better, they better not be taking visits after they commit. <laughs> yeah, so you ain't going to be commit that, much longer. Yeah. We've seen how that works out sometimes, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that they'll successfully kind of lock up a good 80% of their class before the season starts. And, like those those last few spots, like you said, it's always a JUCO guy or two, and maybe a. There's always the guys that like no matter what they will have a spot open for them, mm -hmm. and that's a a Kelvin Banks or a Brennan Thompson, Isaiah Sategna kind of kind of guy. Yeah. That um, no matter what their timeline looks like, it doesn't matter if they want to commit tomorrow or if they want to commit in, uh, on the signing day in February, they'll they'll have a spot ready for them. So. They uh, they know what they want to do and they know how many position of each they want to take. And right now, I think that they'll take almost all high school guys. I think we'll only have right now. There's only like maybe one Juco guy on the list. That's like a possibility at some point. And it would be an offensive lineman. Um, other than that, I can't really see one unless somebody. Someone big Somebody, a, a JUCO guy comes out of nowhere at the yeah. end that they that they really love. So um, it'll be almost all high school guys, and I think that that's probably smart because a lot of the team is the team that's going to be playing this year and next year is going to be a lot of older guys um, because of that COVID rule of you didn't have to leave school. So it wouldn't really make sense to bring in a bunch of older guys right now because they're not really going to have much time to play. So um, I think bringing in younger guys and kind of restarting that process of, of reloading is what they did last year for the most part. And I think that's kind of how they should keep it. 
Yeah, and you and you hit on it. I want to. Uh, I do want to talk about Isaiah Satigna for just a little bit uh, before we before we move on to basketball, because um, that's interesting. You know, really talented four star receiver out of Arkansas, uh, I believe Fayetteville, uh, decommits from Texas A and M, um, and and like you said, uh, that secret visit to Oklahoma State during that first week of June. Um, so so hit on him a little bit and and where he stands. So yeah, he was uh, committed to A and M. He committed in I think March, I believe, mm-hmm. and so he was committed for a few months. Um, and we were in his top ten uh, back in I guess February, maybe even early March is when he put that out. Um, and then he committed to A and M, but he uh, took an official visit to College Station for his A and M official visit. The I think. June 5th, 6th, and 7th, and then June, or sorry, June 4th, 5th, and 6th, and on June 7th, he was in Stillwater during the show camp, but he wasn't competing. He was just inside the facilities with the coaches, and uh, I knew he was there, but not many people knew he was there. It wasn't made for public um, kind of knowledge at that point. Now it is, now that he's decommitted and everything, but uh, that was very telling that Right after his official visit to A&M, he showed up in Stillwater the next day. And then 10 days later, he was decommitted from Texas A&M. Um, now, he still has other players in his recruitment. He went to um, Oregon recently. He went to Arkansas. His dad is uh, was a track coach, is a track coach there, an assistant coach. So that one – and he lives in Fayetteville. So Arkansas is kind of a weird one. But the fact that he was committed to A&M – shows that like I think he's perfectly fine with not going to Arkansas even though his dad is there um sometimes when dads are at schools it's almost like a foregone conclusion um that the guy's gonna go there but this is not the case on that one so um yeah he's definitely open to Oklahoma State and he's another guy that is going to be committing fairly soon um so uh That'll be one to watch out for. But, yeah, the staff really likes him. And they were kind of on him while he was still committed to A&M. They never really gave up on him. And I think he that's one of the main reasons that he was like, yeah, Oklahoma State's one of my top schools is because his relationship is so good with Casey Dunn and uh, the other guys going after him. And I think that he, uh, with guys like Ollie Gordon and Jordan Crook and stuff in his class, he's another, uh, another Texas – or another guy that – has been around those guys before with on other visits previously and um, kind of those high profile guys. So uh, I think he's a fan of them and I would not be surprised at all to see him end up in this class. There you go. There you go. And that's, and, and you look at, you know, you look at what Casey Dunn is able to do and, and has been able to do. Uh, I mean, he's coached, you know, two Bolitnikoff award winners, um, coached a finalist in Tylen Wallace. I mean, he, he churns out some of the best receivers, and so I, I, I'm with you. I don't think it would surprise me um, if he ended up in Stillwater. So certainly, uh, certainly something that you want to keep an eye on uh, as we move throughout the rest of June and throughout the uh, the rest of July. Um, something that happened uh, between the last time we recorded a podcast, Bryce Williams announced that he's coming back. Um, I don't want to get too much into that because it's obviously uh, been been beaten to death. Um, 
But I think that's huge, the fact that you have a guy like Bryce Williams that decides he loves the program more than he hates school, uh, decide he's going to stick around for one more year. Uh, that goes with the addition of Bryce Thompson, absolutely loaded at guard. Um, Isaac Likely, Rondell Walker, you know, you look at uh, Avery Anderson, Chris Harris should be back healthy, Donovan Williams should be back healthy. You look at the just the embarrassment of riches that Oklahoma State has uh, there at the guard position, and I think what's impressive about all that is we, you know, the 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 news came out, um, the news came out yesterday that Oklahoma State held its annual Combine Day. Um, some impressive numbers. Uh, I, I think for me, one of the biggest takeaways um, is Isaac Likely. They they didn't put the numbers out. Uh, on some of the lane times, but he put he posted some of the uh, some of the fastest numbers, some of the fastest times coming out of the lane, forty uh, one inch vertical, and I think what's really going to help this team go is is Isaac Likely. You know, obviously um, he had a, a solid freshman year, kind of a breakout sophomore, or at least the start of the sophomore season. He's one of the hottest players in the country. Then he gets mono, is um, out for about a month, and never really got back to that level. Uh, comes out this year. Kind of a weird year for everybody, you know, dealing with COVID, a shortened season, um, hurts his foot. You know, he deals with that for about a month. Uh, he comes back, and before he's even able to play a game, he hurts his thumb. You know, so he's dealing with that. So we never really, we really haven't seen Isaac Likely get back to it. But the fact that he's posting uh, really solid agility, agility numbers, the fact that he is explosive posting a 41-inch vertical, the highest on the team, um, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, just how good this team could be. And, and one of the questions uh, talking about Isaac Likely was, well, how is he going to handle the depth? Um, because that was something that was talked about, you know, him handling, sharing the ball with, with Cade Cunningham. Um, so I'm, I, I am curious to see how he's ha- he handles that. But I don't, I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. Uh, personally, I think that if Isaac Likely is healthy – then there's not going to be any mental issues. You know, there's not going to be, well, am I, I'm going to have to share the ball with this guy or that guy. I, I think that him being healthy, the explosiveness takes care of all of that. I, I don't think you're going to have to worry about what role he's going to be in or, you know, because he's he is what's going to drive this team. I think this team could be as good as Isaac likely is, and that's that's where I stand out with that. Yeah, I, th- I was... Uh thoroughly surprised with a 41 inch vertical My goodness. we all know he can play like yes. that was never like but that athleticism that's insane i always thought of now i also in my head i always think isaac likely is smaller than he actually is. oh he's huge but yeah he's a huge guy and well he has huge hands too yeah and but 11 another inches. thing that the, yeah. the main thing that like surprised me about 41 inches is he's like 200 and what 15 220 pounds yeah just about but and he's super thick and he's like considered more of like people said he's like a linebacker six and six like five have said six, he played. six five two fifteen yeah in my head now i know that there's like dudes that are like six nine that jump like 38 inches but i always think of isaac likely as more of like a bruiser linebacker type and forty-one inches. That's is more of insane. a more of a Bryce Williams, Avery exactly. Anderson type of type of thing. Yeah, I would expect that from a dude that weighs like one ninety. Yeah, and yeah, but that was impressive. And then the fact that he has some of the better 
speed times, I guess you could, I mean, he's doing really well health wise. And I mean, it was kind of interesting to see him play with Cade last year because obviously his numbers went down Yeah. and it'll be interesting to see if he's kind of back as that main guy, or is that going to be Bryce Thompson? Is that going to be Avery? How are they going to, who's going to have the ball and how long are they going to, are they going to switch it up a little bit? I've, It'll be interesting to see how what roles they're playing with each other, but as long as Ice can stay healthy, no matter who has the ball, I think it'll be a good situation. It's when he starts getting hurt to where not even just that he's missing a game, but if he's only playing at like 75%. That's when it starts to be like, yeah, this is not a good product that they're putting on the floor because it, it hinders everyone else. So if he can stay healthy, that'll be very, very good. Not only for him and his future in basketball, potentially pro, but just this upcoming season with, because like you said, they do have an embarrassment of riches. Mm -hmm. So if they can use them accordingly and everyone can stay healthy, that'll be the ideal situation. Well, you know, and and what's interesting is obviously with with Cade, that you know, your the, the touches are going to go down for everybody else. That that's just obvious, you know. Um, and, and there's and there's not going to be another guy like Cade, you know. Oklahoma State, you know, they they recruit really really well. Um, they've had a lot of really good talent uh, in Stillwater the past two or three weeks on official visits. But when you when you no longer have a guy like Cade, I, obviously touches are going to go up for everybody. But I don't know how much I would attribute to likely struggles last year to Cade. I think most of it just, I mean, he, Jesus, I mean, he spent two months injured, you know, and that, and that goes back to his sophomore season when he was a month injured or setting out with, with mono. And then, you know, with how much that takes a toll, you know, he spent the rest of the season trying to get back from it. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily to, uh, uh, you know, attribute the, those struggles to Cade. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what, a, with, uh, with what Isaac can do. You know, I, I don't necessarily think that there's going to be an issue with um, with touches. Obviously, you you've you brought in Bryce Thompson, and that's going to be huge. Uh, you'll have Avery at the point. You know, where is that going to? You know, where is Ice going to fit in? Because what I find interesting is Ice wasn't a point guard out of high school. I mean, they 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 brought him in as a shooting guard, and they made him a point guard. That Boynton has brought that up a few times the past several months. He was they they made him a point guard, um, so I don't I, I don't think it, that's going to be an issue. I think you'll see ice. Um, obviously, Avery will be at the one, but when he's not in, uh, you know, I, I think you'll see ice there at the one. But I, I'm excited to see ice at the two or the three, and I and honestly, I think that's going to if anything, that'll free him up even more. So I, I think that allows him to get back to the the type of athlete and the type of basketball player he is. Because he is explosive off the ball. He's explosive with the ball. But when he's not having to worry about controlling that offense, I, I think I think we'll see him shine as long as he stays healthy. I, I think last year we, we would have seen him shine if, if he was healthy. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to see. Uh, the biggest question for me is, is where are Bryce Williams and uh, Bryce Thompson going to fit in? Now, because you got guys like Avery Anderson, Isaac Likely, Rondell Walker, 
Um, is is Rondell going to stay in the same role that he was last year, kind of first, second guy off the bench? Um, same with Bryce Williams. Is is he going to be a, a first guy off the bench, or you know, are we going to see him get some starts? Same thing with Bryce Thompson. Like that's that's the fun aspect of this depth is you have so and, and then you also throw in like I said Donovan Williams if he's healthy and same thing with Chris Harris because you have so many talented guards where the hell are you going to play them <laughs> you know like that's I, I'm I'm excited to see what they do but I dude I do not envy Boynton and and his staff trying to figure out exactly what that lineup's going to be because there's going to be someone who's pissed off you know there's going to be someone saying hey man uh, what about me I'm I'm just as good as that guy which which is a good thing and a bad thing when trying to trying to put together lineups yeah and I mean Oklahoma State has that with a few sports right now I mean you absolutely look at the running back you look at the running backs that Oklahoma State has or the safeties that Oklahoma state has, you look at the point guards that Oklahoma state has yeah. there. They have a lot of, um, good problems, I guess you could call it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be now one thing that people are going to realize. And I think they're going to be fine with eventually. Cause there's a lot of people that were upset that they didn't basketball didn't bring in any recruits in 2021. And then you look at the roster, and it's like, well, why, That's why. would they? Yeah, they brought in transfers, but no high school guys. And it was like, yeah, that's that's why. And so, <clears throat> I think that the the what they're going to put on the floor is going to be insane because they're going to have so many guys that can play the same position, similar ways that they should never have a problem with like a point guard or someone on the floor being like tired or fatigued because at any point they can just throw in like literally like six other dudes in that same role who all have like the talent and the ability to like perform whatever that task is. So obviously I think we're going to see a lot of Avery. We're going to see a lot of ice. And I think Bryce Williams is still going to have his role of, of coming up clutch in some of those situations and that hustle play. But then you also have Bryce Thompson, who we know can like be the guy. That's what we saw in high school. So it'll be interesting to see how much they give him those opportunities to do so, or like to try and take over a certain situation. Is he going to be like a Cade esque situation where like the ball is in his hands a lot, or is it going to be kind of with the guys that are already there? I mean, no one, I'm sure Boynton and them have an idea, but like they said, it's also, they've said this before. It's it's one thing to go from practice, but in the game, it's, it's a different environment, different situation of who actually comes up to play. Well, and that's, yeah, you're, you're right. And, and I think that's going to be an interesting, an interesting storyline this season um, with, with Bryce Thompson, because Bryce was injured last year. You know, he dealt with that back injury. His first game back was actually in Stillwater against Oklahoma State, going for a, a loose ball with Avery and Ice breaks his thumb. You know, he breaks breaks his hand. Have to have has to have surgery on that. So um, you could tell that that Kansas wasn't the right fit. You know, obviously he's comfortable in Stillwater, uh, or or so it seems. You know, he's comfortable with the staff. He knows all the guys. Hell, he played against half the team uh, in AAU ball and in, in high school. Um, so he certainly got great relationships with everyone here. Can he, you know, can he get back to his old self? I, I'm really excited to watch him play. Um, and I, I think 
of all the storylines I'm most excited about, and there's a lot of them, obviously the progression of M.A., I'm interested to see how he continues to develop uh, throughout the summer. Um, Obviously, Isaac Likely, Caleb Boone, um, Bryce Thompson, Bryce Williams, Rondell Walker, the the progression of uh, Donovan Williams and uh, Chris Harris. I think I'm most excited to watch Avery. I, th- I think this is going to be huge. You know, um, we saw his breakout performances against West Virginia last year. He carried that on into the Big 12 tournament. He had a big game against Baylor in the Big 12 tournament uh, through the, out the NCAA tournament. Um, everyone knows who Avery Anderson is now. Uh, he's going to have a lot of he's going to have a lot of focus on him and in, in, in the scouting reports. Obviously, that was the case last year, but even more so this year. Um, he's nationally known now. I, I am really, really excited to see how he continues to progress uh, and if he can if he can build upon the successes he had from this past year because he is he he might be my my most exciting player to watch this upcoming year. I, w- I would I would have to agree with that because. I mean, what he started to do, like what did he get against West Virginia? Oh that my was, goodness, that's without that's without your two top players. Yeah, that was fun, and I, yeah, I, I would have to agree that over the course of a game, I, it's definitely him. I would say that in certain spurts, Rondell Walker's up there of just the defensive presence Absolutely. of him just running around and being that fast. That's pretty entertaining to watch, and then obviously. Ice is going to get a lot done, but it's not going to be, like, pretty, I guess. Um, I mean, he's going to – he he kind of bumps guys around. He's going to go to the basket, and it's he's not going to be shooting a whole lot from beyond the arc. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, I, I would agree that I, Avery's probably the most fun to watch because um, he showed that he can kind of – do a little bit of everything and score 30 points in a game that they need him to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we start to wind it down here, uh, what'd you, what'd you do this past weekend, Marshall? What'd you have going on? Oh, what did I do? Oh, I, well, spent father's day, uh, kind of spent the whole weekend with the family father's day. We, uh, spent time on the deck and then he made some, uh, some wings. That's what he wanted to do. So nice. he picked up some, some wings. Are you a uh, are you uh, are you a flats or a drumstick guy? Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, my Lainey's sitting right here next to me. She's she loves drumsticks. Mm. I I really don't know. I probably flats. If I had to pick one, I like both. Um, I I think it's easier to eat flats sure. in a sense because sure. if, if you just pinch. You can kind of just pinch the like the opposite end, and then if you just like kind of bite down on that where your thumb is and just pull, it kind of just comes off. Um, but I all it's also more satisfying to dip a drum into like ranch, like if you if you're talking like if it's in a little cup like a yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings, that one's more satisfying. So I I'm probably pretty even on it. Um, I, I'm I'm with you, man. I I don't know if I could choose. Even if you like, okay, you had to pick one. I don't know if I could, because I I love the yeah. I love the ease of eating a flat, but I think drums taste better. You you get more of that fried taste, you know. Okay. And and I I just I love them both. It like and so, I don't I don't know if this is like and maybe I can like next time I go eat wings I can like test this or. 
try to test it, I guess. I don't know why. Like, maybe it seems like there's more sauce on drums. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's the shape of it. I, I have no clue. More surface area. But I guess. Nooks and but, crannies, yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> um, I've never, I've never, I mean, I used to work at Buffalo Wild Wings when I was, when I was in high school. So... I had my fair share of testing out different sauces and wings and everything. And there was always a lot of people that like, Oh, can I get all flats or all drumsticks? I've, I've never done that. I'll, I'll eat. I will eat both of them just fine. Well, and I just recently came into wings like actual wings um, because I always enjoy, like I'm not a dirty person, you know, like I don't like greasy hands. I, I, I eat most things with a knife and a fork. Like I'm a I, like same thing with pizza because I like to be on my phone or I like you know I I, don't, I I hate dirty hands I'm not a fan of greasy dirty hands, um so I was always a nugget guy I was always a boneless nugget they're not wings they're not boneless wings they're nuggets, um but uh would have been the summer of 2019 and I'm gonna I'm gonna see if Robert will let us go back, um at there at Texas Live in Arlington when you first walk in like that main bar area. Yeah. Great wings. I don't know if that's a restaurant or if it's just a the Texas Live bar or whatever it is, but they have just phenomenal wings. Um and that was my first foray into to bone in wings. It was with Sam Mace. He shamed me into into eating normal wings. And I don't know if I could go back to nuggets if I'm being honest. They're just so damn good. You have to try uh you have to go to Wingstop. I've never been. We'll have to go. I'd yeah, see that. They don't, they don't have one in Stillwater. No, the they closest do not. One I, is Edmond, I think. I think. I, think there's one, uh, I think there's one in Edmond. Yeah, it's Edmond or OKC. Yeah. And Laney, like, so, like, Laney loves uh, Wingstop. So we wanted, like, we were like, okay, one day we didn't have anything to do. We were like, screw it. Let's go get some, some Wingstop. And so we went to Edmond and got some. But during the process, she had tweeted at Wingstop and said, like, y'all need to have a Stillwater location. And they commented on her thing. Uh-oh. And we're like, they were like, hey, fill out this, like, customer service thing or, like, form or whatever. And, like, we'll see what we can do. Now, she did. And we still don't have a Wingstop in Stillwater. But, um, yeah, you need to go try that eventually. And then... um you gotta try my dad's wings because those are. I mean, he Marshall. I'm still waiting for gumbo. Don't yeah, don't well, tell me to try the wings. I'm both. still waiting for gumbo. Um, yeah, yeah, but I've been yeah, but I've been waiting since December of eighteen. All right, so don't eighteen. Me... I met you in twenty nineteen. Well, then maybe it was December of nineteen. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, I've been waiting for way too long. Okay, so don't yeah, say yeah, yeah. you gotta try the wings. I'm still waiting on gumbo, my guy. Yeah, whenever I get back, you can have some jambalaya. I have jambalaya in my freezer. But I want gumbo. Okay, well, it's I'll, still good. I'll have some jambalaya. Uh, but what's uh, fun, though, about Big 12 Media Days um, is new restaurants. So I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm just so jazzed to get back to Big 12 Media Days, to get back to a little bit of normalcy. Um, we will be rec- So for those interested, we will be recording our podcast from Big 12 Media Days. Um, really excited about that. Might even do two. Might do one the first day, might do one the second day. Haven't decided yet. Um, but super excited about that. We'll have tons of audio. Um, and we'll we'll have to let you know where we go. Because there's a fish joint, and I don't know what it's called. There's a fish joint we usually go to um, in a, a ritzy 
ritzy part of town. It's always busy as hell. Hate driving down there because you can't find no parking. I'll park a mile away. What's that about? Um, but yeah, that's that'll be fun. We might have to do a food podcast. Ooh, a food podcast would be fun. Mm, sign me up. It's, is it going to be at Jerry World? Yeah, yeah. Back there. I, okay. You know, I, I enjoy it there because it's Jerry's World, and it's it's fun to see how how cavernous it is. Um, but, dude, I absolutely loved it when it was at the Star there in Frisco because um, it, it's smaller, it's compact. Um, you don't have to move your car because the hotel is at, you stay at the Omni at the at the Star, so you just leave your car in the parking garage across the street. You don't have to try to take a shuttle or or try to find a you know try to drive your car through Arlington to to Jerry's World and and park and walk. So, um, but it, it is fun. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to being back at Jerry's World because um, it's there's something about being in a massive massive building when it's empty that's just all inspiring yeah um it's kind of the star i i like lived in the star yeah dude it's um, great for for a few falls i love it uh, all of our all high schools play there so um because obviously for the ones that are listening to this that don't know i went to high school in frisco which is where the star is and cowboys headquarters and everything mm-hmm. um and I've done a lot of stuff in there, but I've never stayed at the Omni. Well, because oh, I, I mean, I lived I lived in Frisco, so there's no reason to. Well, it was but, slick, man. Uh, it was nice. Yeah, no, it's super nice in there. But yeah, I'm excited about uh, Big Twelve Media Day, and I know uh, all three of us are going to be there. So there's going to be a lot of stuff going. I'm, I'm intrigued to see who the players will be. On yeah, so I would have to Oklahoma thank. Um, I have to thank Spencer. I think I think Spencer's going to be one. Um, so let's if we go through it. My there's typically four. I think I think it's four guys per team, three or four per team. But I think it'll be four. So I'll go. You have I have Spencer. I'll have LD, uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, and Tom Hutton. Really, Tom Hutton? Yeah, because they typically will have a special teamer. Like I think Matt Amendola was one. Um, the year before that was Zach Siner. I still have his I have his uh, Heisman campaign leaflet somewhere in my okay. house, uh, and that was the downfall of Zach Siner. Was <laughs> it was his Heisman campaign? Man, he was so good until he put out that Heisman campaign, and then just. Um, but I would think I would think Spencer, LD, Malcolm, and Tom Hutton. Those will be those will be my four. Okay, I'm going to go with I don't I don't know, part of me feels like it wouldn't be Spencer. Yeah, that's a Gundy thing, man. I I could see him not doing Spencer. But yeah. I don't but I don't know what other I don't know what other offensive player cuz it's typically two offense, one defense and I a could, special teams, I could see I Josh Sills. Yeah, you know what? That's that's true. I could, I could see Sills instead of Spencer. I could see LD Brown, Josh Sills, Malcolm and then um, I was originally thinking just two offense, two defense, but they've tip- they typically maybe, have a special teamer, but I could see I two gonna, defense. I was going to say maybe Trey or Colby, but um, if not, then yeah, I could, I mean, cause I think Tom's the only, I, I doubt Alex Hale. Yeah, with him coming right. back from injury, probably not. Right now, yeah, with him coming back from an ACL, I don't think he's fully back yet. I, I mean, I think Tom would be a good one, and I think 
I think Josh Sills would definitely be a funny one to bring just because of his personal, uh, like everyone loves the way he looks with the mullet and the, the beard and everything. So I think he would be an appropriate one to bring. Yeah. You know, I, I would think so. Um, because and the only reason I would, and the only reason I'm hesitant on Spencer is because, well, Spencer gives you the story and, and Gundy is not about giving stuff out. Yeah. But the only reason I'm really hesitant on Spencer is because, Technically, I guess he's not the official starter yet. Well, that would be the only. He is. Uh, he he is one hundred percent the starter. But yeah, but be, because I mean, they, because the in, public in, perception is there's a quarterback controversy, and yes. that would be the only thing that asked him about. I for, I don't know why I forgot about that. Um, so I would I would change from Spencer to Josh because he's uh, he is that that one of the the faces of the offense. Um, he's a hell of a quote, you know, he's got that, he's got that older guy perspective about him, um, which I, and, and he's a coach, he'd give you a coach speak. Same with Malcolm. Malcolm is coach speak. Um, LD is a media major, you know, and he, he understands quotes and stuff like that. And then Hutton was just a good story. I, I would think that, that Hutton would, would, would be that, would be that fit, but I'm not sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to it though. I, that's, it's, it's a fun time. Um, you're not going to get much, you know, and, and, and Gundy will probably be second day. I, I think typically OSU and OU are the second day. Um, so you'll have you'll have Gundy on that second day and 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 four players and it's it's a fun time, man. I'm you haven't been to one with us, have you? I have not. You were fall in nineteen, so you haven't been to it's it's fun, man. I'm 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 looking forward to it. It's gonna be a lot of uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun, really exciting. Uh probably not many probably not too much uh, breaking news is gonna come out of there, but uh give you plenty to talk about, plenty storylines and 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 certainly looking forward to being down there. So yeah. I agree, and uh, I would hopefully it'll all be on the same day of OSU, OU, Texas, and Iowa State. Um, to have Sarkeesian and because I think that group don't together e- don't would expect be... I I wouldn't expect OU and Texas on the same day because OU and Texas are the main uh, the way the Big Twelve would have it is those are the two main cash cows. And you don't. I guess that's true. You don't. You wouldn't want. Uh, you wouldn't want competing media for OU in Texas. So I would expect those two to be on separate days. I could see that. I would. I would think Texas day one. Um, probably same thing with Iowa State. I would. I would probably expect those two to be on the same day. And then for OSU OU, you would get. I, I think those two would be on the same day. I think that's what they've had the past few years. And then maybe a. Kansas, uh, TCU, and West Virginia, something like that, and then the rest yeah. of everyone. But I, I think that's probably what OU and OSU probably are the same days, if I remember correctly, which I could be wrong. I don't know. It's been it's been almost two years. So, so uh, anything else? Anything else you want to you want to put out there before we uh, before we call our quits? I don't think so. Love it. I love. I love. When, when a plan comes together and you can get everything out, you don't forget nothing. Isn't that great? Yes, it is. Beautiful. All right. Well, hey, Marshall, I uh, appreciate you you making some time. Uh, tell Lainey that she's probably smarter than you with uh, choosing jumps over flats. 
even though I like them both, I, I, I probably like drums a little bit more than I do flats. Better flavor. Alrighty then. <laughs> That's going to do it for the Pokes Report podcast. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, you can get us at pokesreport.com. You can get us at uh, Apple Podcasts. I think Podbean as well. Um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say uh, you got to get a Pokes Report uh, subscription. Got to get it. You got to get a premium subscription because that's where that's where the good stuff is. That's where the good nugs are. Obviously, all of it's really good, but you want that you want that premium elite Oklahoma State content that you're not going to get anywhere else. PokesReport.com. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you next time here on Pokes Report.